Together again. We've been together a long time. Yeah, we have. We uh, go way back. We do. Oh, sweetie. Um, we go way back. I'm Laura Kleinschmidt. <laughs> this is episode two of Full Tank. I'm the former Mrs. Kleinschmidt. I, <laughs> were you ever? Well, of course I was, because I was at one point married to your father. I know, but you didn't take his name. Well, you know, I didn't, but you're still <laughs> referred to by some as the Mrs. Um, it, so, uh, spoiler alert, that's my mom. Yay! Welcome, Judith Regan. And this is the fruit of my loins. Everybody's so excited that you're on. Get out of here. You know, I've been getting all sorts of text messages and shit because I put a little, like, (laughs) preview of the fact that you were going to be the guest and people are really excited. Oh, sweetie. It's like the the student has become the teacher. What's that expression? Because you've had a radio show forever and ever and ever and I would always come on. And now you're Not always. Remember I had to beg you? You did not have to beg me. I pretty much had to beg you. I came on all the time. <laughs> Mom, do I have to do your radio show all the time? No, 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 no. That's not what happened. It's true. It's and true. I was a fan favorite guest. It's true. So the tables have turned. Now yeah, you're have. a fan favorite guest. But you guest. are always infinitely more talented in this than arena. Who? Than, than you? Than I? Oh, infinitely. What? First of all, I, Drugs I just... are you smoking? No, no, no. Here's what you need to know. It took me 63 years to perfect this act, which is fading fast, by the way, as my ass falls into my ankles. You know, like I am, <laughs> I am the formerly beautiful Judith well, Regan. No, no, I'm an aging beauty. Shut I am, up. I am rapidly disintegrating. My bones are turning to dust. And the truth is, like, it took me, it took me 63 years to sharpen, you know, my my fangs. No, 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 because you were good at it 14 years ago. Not really. So no, it took you no, because you under were born 50. good at it. No, no, you're just like you're infinitely more talented. No, I think I just learned. You started quickly. ahead. Yeah, you grew up in New I York you. City. You know, whatever. I mean, I was an idiot when I was your age. I I, I didn't know anything at all when I was your age. Just so you know, I like you know so much more than I knew when I was that age. I didn't know anything. I was an idiot. How old were you when you moved to New York? I was like 20 years old when I moved to New York. I was a child. Was was it magic? Oh, my God. Totally. I mean, New York, I don't know if it's because I'm old and fat now (laughs) or because, you know, when you get fat, your brain stops working because your blood sugar is going all over the place and you can't function as a human being and you just give up on life. Okay. You definitely give up on sex. You're like, I don't even want to see myself naked anymore. <laughs> yeah, why would I want Earth? Would I want to see? Anyone I mean, the else thought naked? of anyone seeing me naked at this point makes me nauseous. Okay, we so. should tell the story about when we uh, had to fill out the questionnaire for your hip replacement. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good one. Yeah. So Lara and I, I was in so much pain. I remember we walked out of a Japanese restaurant, and I literally couldn't take another step. <laughs> And I'm like, this is officially like disastrous when you have to lean on your daughter to walk down the street. I felt like I was 150 years old. But uh, yeah, my hip was disintegrating rapidly and Mm -hmm. I couldn't walk anymore. And so I had to fill out these forms. For uh, your hip replacement. For my hip replacement. For the doctor. doctor, The doctor wants to make sure you're not totally insane, Mm -hmm. you know. So one of the questions they asked, you know, they want to measure your level of pain. (laughs) You know, they ask you, you know, are you able to do this? Are you able to do that? You know, are you able to go upstairs, downstairs? No, no, no. The question about the stairs. The the stairs, the question about the (laughs) stairs was. The question about the stairs was like, in what, in like in what do, fashion do you travel up and down the no, stairs? No, it said, do you crawl? Yeah, no, but it was like a multiple choice question where like option C was, I crawl down the stairs. Yeah, do you have to crawl down the stairs? And I was like, You're like, wow, it's actually, apparently you're not in that much pain. <laughs> yeah, because I have my daughter to lean on. That's true. And then the other question was, are you able, are you comfortable to have, what was What it? positions is it comfortable for you to have sex well, in? That Those was the, the questions. questions. And I was like, and you, you, ma- <laughs> you made me put in, you made me write in an answer on the multiple choice question, which was like, people are fucking in this amount of pain for you. No, it was, do people actually have sex? Do people actually when have, they have sex? this kind of pain? I just can't imagine. No, that's what I made you write. I didn't, I didn't use the F word. You need to use the F word less on the show because it'll have more impact. Okay, thank you. I, don't, I have no objection to using it. No, I just I, think you certainly do not. No, because I use it regularly. Yeah. But I think for, you know to punctuate 
things properly, you use it less, then it has more power. Okay, I will take you that in consideration. You can use it when you refer to certain um, individuals. Mom is leaving tomorrow, and so today uh, she wanted to get her nails done. It's true. And I accompanied her to the nail salon. It's true. Because she wanted help picking a color. It's true. And it was like Sophie's choice trying to pick... <laughs> A nail color <laughs> to cover my black and blue nail, and and so after about ten minutes of my trying to uh, to guide her uh, to a color that I thought was suitable, and she didn't want a color that would draw attention to her aging hands, uh, I I picked six colors for her and said I'm leaving because I'm starving, and then she returns with a not a color that I had selected, and b a color that doesn't cover the bruise on her nail. <laughs> <laughs> well, the girl talked me into it, and she said, oh, this pink will cover it, and I'm like, okay. Well, it's a very pretty nail color, Yeah, and I you were saying she had some crazy story, this woman? Yeah, yeah, so, you know, I'm thinking, how, how I don't even go to lunch, because I work <laughs> 22 hours a day, and, you know, for me to go out and have my nails done is such an event. I know. Right? For me to go out when there's daylight and actually go to a nail salon I is know. like, wow. On a weekday, no On less. On a weekday, that, that just hasn't happened in 63 Centuries. years, yeah. okay? <laughs> So I was like, wow, I'm just going to go there. My daughter's going to walk me over and I'm going to have a moment and I'm going to relax, you know. So the girl's like, so what do you do? And I'm like, oh, you know, I, I, I work in the book business, you know, because I, I, I hate to get into it. Yeah. Really? Like what? And I'm like, do you, you know, you want book recommendations. What do you want? Yeah. She goes, yeah, like what should I read? So I say, you should read this book called Cuckoo Land. Yeah. It's a fabulous book. It's beautifully written. It's mm -hmm. a great story. And I think for whatever reason, yeah. I thought she would love it. And Cuckoo yeah. Land is narrated uh, by a really wonderful writer, and she tells it from the point of view of a little girl mm -hmm. who's in the craziest situation, and it's a true story. Yeah. And there's murder and mayhem and domestic violence and alcoholism and mm -hmm. like the most like wrenching, yeah. tragic circumstances, but told from the point of view of like a five-year-old girl who's remembering it through a five-year-old's eyes in this very naive way. Right. Because she doesn't really understand the tragedy of her circumstances. And it's a true story. This is not fiction. Right. It's called Cuckoo Land. So for whatever reason, I said to her, oh, you know, and it's funny because she's funny. You, even had, though a, it's, you had a sixth sense. Even though there's, there are murders right, right. and two murders. And it's a true story. No, I know. But but it's this five-year-old girl who yeah. doesn't know any better. Right. But it's so magnificent. Yeah. Right? I, have so, I have it right there. Yeah, I it's right there. It. Yeah, it's really really amazing uh, Gloria Norris is the writer anyway NPR picked it as one of the best books of the year that's right congratulations so, to you and to Gloria, Gloria Norris to Gloria <laughs> Norris who is the writer and a really amazing woman cool anyway mm -hmm. long story short the woman the nail salon says yeah yeah but yeah I'd like a book recommendation so I say cuckoo land she goes well you know I have a great story and I'm thinking oh, oh god. god I didn't tell her what cuckoo land was about right, I was like it's right. just called cuckoo land yeah you'll love it you'll love it you know <laughs> so she goes yeah I'm from Russia and I'm adopted and when I was like a year and a half old my father killed my mother because he was an alcoholic and he murdered her in front of me and then he went to jail, and I went to live with an abusive aunt who didn't want me, and we were starving, and I had to beg for food on the street. Jesus. And then uh, he got out of jail and got me, and I had custody again, and he got some money from the state, but he used it all for, for alcohol and made me beg on the street, and I didn't go to school, and he had a girlfriend, and then he murdered her <laughs> in front of her son. Oh who God. held her in his arms at the age of seven while where she, she died. died. Then he went to prison again for a couple of years and I got put in an orphanage and now I'm like seven or eight and I get adopted by an American family oh and, and I'm leaving out all the good stuff. No. Yeah. <sighs> so I'm like, you definitely should read Cuckoo Land. <laughs> and then you thought to yourself, I really, truly never, ever, ever, uh, ever am allowed a moment of tranquility and peace. Okay. I mean... Kurt Andrews is, I love him so much, works mm -hmm. in, in, as the head of production for uh, my book company and is the most amazing man who ever lived. Yes. He was like, you're a magnet for violence and chaos. Like, you are. What is, you can't have a minute of peace. I just go to have, get my nails done. And I am sitting there and like, and then he murdered this one and then he murdered that one and it actually happened and then he. And then you have to like engage people in conversation even though it's an interesting story. You just sort of want to sit back and tune out. I don't, I just don't want to hear one more nasty I, thing. I had, okay? well, I had. One a, more degenerate no, thing I about humanity. You've had enough. I've lived it enough. I've seen it <laughs> enough. I heard enough stories. I've published thousands of crazy people. I'm done. Okay. Well, I'm going to spend the rest of my life staring at the ceiling it, and eating. <laughs> It was 60 degrees today, and so when I got a coffee, 
this morning, I thought, oh, I'll sit in the sun because it's so nice outside and I'll enjoy the nice weather. And I'm sitting there and this Does woman. Does that mean you're unemployed? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was actually going into the office. Okay. But, um, but there was no rush because I'm not a salaried employee. And I... Spoken like a true yeah, millennial. That's right. And I'm sitting on like sort of these steps, the steps outside Equinox on Crosby Street. And this woman comes and stands very, very close to me. And there's lots of sidewalk and open air. There's plenty of places for her to stand. And she stands very, very close to me. But she doesn't look weird or crazy. You know, she looks like basically a normal... Hipster. A bit hip, yeah. But like disheveled where you're like, oh, you're not crazy. You're just like young, sort mm-hmm, of. Mm-hmm. Um, you mean like you do sometimes? Yeah, maybe a bit like <laughs> me or or I'm I'm generally more put together. No, she looked like somebody who maybe lives in like Bushwick. But anyway, she had a rolly bag and she's very close to me. But I thought, mm, it's fine. She's fine. She's no big deal. So I sort of like kept looking down at my phone. And then she just started screaming cocksucker over and over again. And it was me. And, yeah. And I looked up and it was you. No, I um, and I thought to myself, maybe I should move. But then I thought, but then I thought to myself, like, oh, this is the kind of crazy person where like, if I move, She'll if I make you. any sudden movements, like she might get upset. Yeah. So I just sort of s- s- held my ground. And she took a seat next to me and she started telling me about how much she loved my eyes. And then she was asking me whether or not it was me. <laughs> yeah. She was asking me whether or not there was anywhere in the area where she could get a free haircut. And when I said probably not, she asked me if I would cut her hair. And then she told me that she had a gift for me and she gave me a stone. But then she kept screaming at me, calling me a cocksucker. So she gave me this stone, right? So then er, uh, later today. She called you a cocksucker? Yeah, yeah. Over and over again. I was again. liking her up until yeah, now. Over and over again. Uh, she was insane. And she had one finger that was like totally broken and, and like sticking out into another direction. She was mm. crazy. Um, but then later today, I dropped something off at Kelly Catrone's office for you. Oh. And I told Kelly Catrone this story. And she told me that since she has been a psychiatric nurse that she knows all about people like this. And she told me that I should never accept a gift from a crazy person like that because in their like crazy internal dialogue, they might believe that like my accepting the gift is like me accepting like to allow them to hurt me or something like there right. there's can be any sort of meaning placed on the object that they give you and I said to Kelly I was like yeah but I was a little afraid not to take it right, you know where right. you're like I don't want to like offend you and like rile you up right because like I know it's the middle of the day and we're in the middle of the street but like you're screaming cocksucker at the top of your lungs like yeah. you're probably capable of just about anything you know it's really tragic uh that there are so mentally ill people so many mentally ill people really on the streets i can't handle it because they truly are mentally ill i know so like if you see someone who has cancer you have compassion for them if you sure. see someone you know who has some horrible disease you have compassion for them well when we see mentally ill people whose brains don't work right no i know for whatever reason and whether it's substance abuse and they're out of their minds or they're schizophrenic or the chemistry, whatever whatever the root cause of it is, you know, years of trauma and abuse mm-hmm. and neurological problems. And there's so there's such a cauldron of of things that that sure. create mentally ill symptoms. We don't have compassion for them. We're scared of them. We run away from them. We well, hate them. I we had... resent them. And, and, you know, we're disturbed and it's disturbing because they can do really dangerous things sometimes yeah I mean that's the I had compassion for her else I would have just stood up and walked away yeah I know but also um yeah right of course the difference is that like she's uh, although there's probably some stigma about the level of dangerous that they are but there is you know an unpredictability no definitely Uh, whereas like cancer patients don't have an unpredictability in terms of like their no I know they're 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 not as frightening now uh, you know, I'm doing a book called, I'm publishing a book called Sometimes Amazing Things Happen mm. by Dr. Elizabeth Ford, who is the chief psychiatrist for incarcerated individuals in New York City and ran mm-hmm. a program at Rikers and ran one at Bellevue. And it's such a magnificent book because she has such compassion mm-hmm. for people who do really dangerous, scary, frightening, terrifying, horrible things Yeah, and understands you know, the complexity of the issue. Yeah. And and her trying to heal them mm-hmm. gives her hope. Sure. Actually. You of know, course. it's not it's not a depressing story because these are a most of most of them are young uh, boys. 
No, I mean, most of them were like a lot of them are foster kids who've aged right. out of the system. They have broken families, no yeah. families. Mm-hmm. You try to live in New York City, you get thrown out on the street no, when I you're 18 years old imagine. and you have nothing and you have no one. Yeah, no, I can't imagine. And you're fragile to begin with, mm-hmm. you know, and you have neurological problems or learning disabilities and no skills. And it's brutal. It's, it's brutal. It's just so brutal. It's just so That's going to be a good book. It's such a great book. Now, and she's such a great woman. Speaking of um, your compassion towards insane, crazy, uh, sad people, um, isn't it true that in the 70s somebody peed on you in the subway? Yeah. You know, back in the day <laughs> when men were still attracted to me, uh, yeah, people used to regularly show me their penises on the subway Is when I was true? a hot young woman. Regularly. Yeah, they'd expose themselves, sure. All Times the time. really have changed, I have to say. Yeah, although like, although a couple of years back, I still had a little going on, like, you know, Joe Pitts. I said, still- Joe Pitts, even though I'm old, Joe Pitts was my uh, radio engineer for years and a lovely man. I said, Joe, you know, people still expose themselves to me on the Do subway. Do they really? Yeah. I have By no- the way, this has nothing to do with being attractive. No one I, I'm, This ever, is a joke. Right. It's a bad joke. Yeah. And it's a terrible thing to no, say. But, it's, it, but it really, it's kind of funny. It doesn't have it's anything to really do funny. with what you look like because they're all crazy people. Yeah, but then why you? What is it? Oh, you're a magnet for chaos and, <laughs> and destruction. And no, violence. no. But that's, I mean, back in the day, they would, men would rub up against you with their erections. Yeah, that's so This crazy. was back in the day before they defined something called sexual harassment yeah. and men got arrested for stuff like sure. this. Guys just did that. No, I know. They rubbed their erections against you and got away with it because because if you complained about it, you were just a prude. Sure. Okay. So back in the day when I was your age, guys were actually allowed to do you're, that. You're screaming. Sorry, <laughs> it's upsetting to me. Sorry. Back in the day when yeah. I was your age. Yeah. You know, guys just, that's that was like normal behavior. And someone peed on you. Yeah. So this guy, you know, every once in a while they'd ejaculate on you. But this oh particular God. individual peed. He rubbed his penis oh against me God. and then peed on me were you on the were you on the train or on the platform no it was like sardines on the train and all of a sudden I was like okay and then you didn't take the train again for a while no I didn't take the train for about 27 years after that because you were too yeah I went broke taking car services and cabs because I couldn't handle (laughs) the thought of another man peeing on me without my permission in the subway (laughs) speaking of peeing (laughs) Let's talk about Donald Trump. The new Kim Kardashian. Let's talk about Donald Trump's peepee scandal. By the way, the peepee, peepee, Mr. Mm Peepee. I predict Donald Trump has now trumped the Kardashians. Like the whole Trump, you know, Marie Antoinette, Ivanka Trump and all these people. Like they're the new great tabloid story. Sure, of course. Right. So everybody wants to follow their every move. And like they're the new intriguing sexy family american royal family yeah and the kardashians are like kardashian who Who? like nobody cares about them anymore because we have another good looking yeah it's true you know headline making yeah tabloid reality show and it's called the trump show i would watch they've been trumped i would watch tiffany trump's reality show i would i'm watching tiffany trump's (laughs) reality show what do you mean i mean every day because she's never involved with anything because they won't let her I saw this amazing tweet that said that if uh, Donald Trump wanted to, like, give the American people assurance that he will have nothing to do with his company and that his conflict of interest will not exist, he should give, sign the company over to Tiffany. Yeah, that will <laughs> never happen. You get it? Because mm-hmm. he doesn't give a shit about her. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I assume everybody knows what happened, although who knows? I who What kn- did happen? Who knows? Because I didn't read all the dirty, my... dirty details. Right. Were I'm, they dirty? They were pretty dirty. So what happened is that BuzzFeed published this unverified dossier, which... Uh, which the CIA gave them. <laughs> right. Which was allegedly written by a member of the of British intelligence, a British intelligence agency that contains unverified... MI5. Unverified, James Bond. Yeah, allegations that Donald Trump has close ties to Russia and that Russian operatives... At least Russian hookers. ...have been cultivating, supporting, and assisting him for years. I'm and sure. apparently this dossier, is, which is 35 pages, has been, like, s- circulating around for some time, like several months mm-hmm. pre-election, but that uh, nobody could verify it um in any way and so it sort of was what i've picked up on is that it was a bit more of like a joke and like a bit of a silly thing um and then what happened was that cnn uh reported that obama and trump had been briefed on a two-page summary of this dossier Mm -hmm. at which point buzzfeed felt that they could go ahead and publish it and they didn't publish 
they didn't publish it really with I mean they you know very very brief explanation um then they published the pdf of it and then they later like maybe an hour an hour two hours after they put it up they took it off and like redacted some of the statements in it like they did yeah they like blocked blacked out some of the pieces Mm -hmm. which I can't understand anyway there's lots of stuff in there a lot of which you know alleges that he Trump's people were meeting with Russian officials who were supporting him throughout the election blah 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 that he has close ties with them but it also alleges you can't have your cell phone on because there's interference and I can hear it in my headphones so you got to turn it off really yeah I can't look up the press Transcripts? No, you didn't hear that in your headphones. No. Gee, gee, gee. No, no. Yeah, you can't. I'm sorry. How about there? Do you still hear it? Uh, I might if you get a text message or an email or a phone call. Okay, but I want to look up the transcript because I want to quote. It's 35 pages. I know. Would okay. you like to read all 35 pages no, of it? No, 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 because there's a specific point where he uses a certain language that is absolutely fascinating. Well, he's, he, he doesn't write deny it. it. No, no, no. You're jumping ahead of us because he didn't, he did not, he had nothing to do with the writing of this dossier. Oh, I know that, but his denial is fascinating. His denial is, will give you great insight. Well, should we establish what's in it before yeah, we get into ahead. what he's denying? Go ahead. Go ahead. How about go that? Ahead. Yeah, okay. Um, the best part of it, of course, is the, are the allegations that, uh, of his sexual perversions. Yeah. Um, which is that he has people pee in front of him. Well, that's because he can't have erections anymore, here, so he has to do things Here's like what that. they write in it. When you're my age, you'll appreciate <laughs> that. <laughs> there were other aspects to Trump's engagement with the Russian authorities. One which had borne fruit for them was to exploit Trump's personal obsessions and sexual perversions in order to abstain suitable compromising material on him. According to Source D, where he, she had been present... Trump's perverted conduct in Moscow included hiring the presidential suite of the Ritz-Carlton, where he knew president, where he knew the president and Mrs. Obama, whom he'd hated, had stayed on one of their official trips to Russia, and de- and dealing the bed where they had slept by implying, by employing a number of prostitutes to perform golden showers in front of him, in, in parentheses urination. The hotel was known to be under FSB control with microphones and concealed cameras in all the main rooms to record anything they wanted to. So he he takes to Twitter, obviously, because that's what he loves to do. And he starts, you know, ranting and raving about how it's fake news and that it's a witch hunt, a political witch hunt. But then he also says, what are we living in Nazi Germany? <laughs> oh, I guess golden showers were big in Nazi Germany. Yeah, but I just don't understand the Like, does he understand? What does that mean? Does he know what not? Yeah, what the fuck? Where's the comparison there? I don't even know what that means. But then again, neither does he. <laughs> Do you think? And then he dismisses it, obviously, as fake news, which is also not right, because that's not what the term fake news means. Fake news are literally entirely made up news stories like intended to divert and distract people in all sorts of different directions right but that's not what fake news is well if it's fake if the story is fake then it is fake news if the dossier fake news is propaganda if the dossier is fake yeah then then the dossier itself is fake news correct right but well what do you think you like worked in the media should this have been published you know, Should I think have you have, I, I would have to know more about the source, but I'm sure they consulted with their attorneys since Donald Trump is the most litigious person on the planet right. and could put them out of business in five minutes. Right. And the fact that he hasn't hired, if, if in fact this is false, mm-hmm. he would have had 72 lawyers owning BuzzFeed by now. Right. Okay. Because it's, but I wonder know, like, does he even need to do that or is like, is discrediting them and like trashing them equally as no he trashes everybody for him no he trashes you know anyone who disagrees with him or makes disparaging remarks i know he does but my point is like is it but these are matters of fact okay that were stated by a news organization so in that case if they're false sure and they're provably false Mm -hmm. then that's defamation per se yeah and that kind of defamation he could win that lawsuit if in fact they're false right i would assume that the reason there isn't a threat of a lawsuit is because they're real they're true right okay or some part of them are true sure okay 
I, I can't imagine. I mean, the timing is so funny because the very next day he gives his first press conference in like, you know, over a third of a year. And I would imagine not the ideal news cycle that he would want to be given his first press conference as the president-elect in. And the best part is that it was the the last press conference he held was the press conference where he urged Russia to hack into Hillary Clinton's emails. Oh, my God. So the irony of it is so fabulous. Well, it's not ironic at all, because if you study his language, and I really, I actually listen very carefully. So when he speaks, I listen to every word. And if you study his language, he telegraphs to you Mm -hmm. what's really going on. Mm -hmm. He's not very clever about disguising stuff. No, not at all. If you study his language, he actually, in his own oblique, illiterate way, Mm -hmm. tells you the truth. Sure. Okay, you just have to interpret it. That's why I wanted to look up uh, the full transcript of their press conference. And here it is. And Pence comes on his... Guy. Pence, his his gay vice president. Who, that's what that's what Kurt said. That's what I think. Um, I, I think we probably maybe. I love the way he speaks. <laughs> so do I. I think we probably maybe. He sounds like a five year old. Yeah. Won the nomination because of news conferences, and it's good to be with you. We stopped giving them because we were getting quite a bit of inaccurate news. But I do have to say that, and I must say that <laughs> I want to thank a lot of the news organizations here today because they looked at that nonsense that was released by maybe the intelligence agencies? Yeah. Who knows, but maybe the intelligence agencies, which would be a tremendous blot on their record if they in fact did that. That is not a sentence. Let me say that again. No. (laughs) Who knows, but maybe the intelligence agencies, which would be a tremendous blot on their record if they in fact did that. That is not a sentence. Yeah. A tremendous blot because a thing like that should have never been written. He's not denying it. Mm-hmm. A thing like that should have never been written. It should never have been. I can't even follow no, his. No, I know thought. it's extremely a difficult to read blot, him out loud. This is this is his second. This is the second sentence. A tremendous blot because a thing like that should have never been written. <laughs> it should never have been had, mm-hmm. and it should certainly never been released. He's not saying it didn't happen. He's saying a tremendous blot because a thing like yeah. that should have never been written. It shouldn't have been written. It's okay if it happens, but it shouldn't have been written. It should never have been had. Yeah. So you shouldn't have gotten it. You shouldn't have been spying on me to begin with. Sure. Then you shouldn't have written about it. And then you shouldn't have released it. That's what he's saying. You shouldn't have spied on me. Sorry, I'm getting upset. I know, but like you you're gonna, have... I don't have sophisticated technology okay, like I'm you sorry. do at Sirius Satellite Radio, I'm sorry. so, I'm so everyone's sorry. ears are going to be bleeding. I'm sorry. Yeah. Don't, no ear bleeding here. Okay. But do you, do you understand if you study his grammar and his language, he's telling you the truth. I don't think you need to study it. I think you okay. just have to listen to it. It okay. seems pretty he's, clear. He's, he's basically saying, "How dare you tape me? How dare you do this?" And well, how dare I love. You release it? I love that he then goes on to say that uh, <clears throat> every hotel room in the world has a tiny tiny camera (laughs) that you can't see and that you must know that it's somewhere but you're never going to know where it is but they have a tiny tiny camera and a tiny tiny microphone in every room to match his tiny tiny which is a crazy thing for a hotelier to be telling (laughs) the world he's telegraphing right something to you isn't he yeah and why do you think it's like big brother built a hotel across the street from the white house totally because now everyone who's going to be staying there Will be taped. Well, so we should. He's telling you he has a little teeny weeny yeah. itsy bitsy in every hotel yeah. room. Well, we should get to that because that's interesting too. But my favorite part of his like claiming that none of it was true is that he said he was a germaphobe. You know, believe me, I'm a germaphobe. It's like, well, you mean he didn't participate? He just watched. Yeah, but you know what? I have to say, of all, there's nothing that compels me to believe that he has not done these insane things that are in these this dossier because. He seems like the kind of person that would have sexual perversions. Of I'm sure some there is no doubt in my kind. mind that he has yeah, sexual exactly. perversions. Exactly. I don't care about his sexual. I don't perversions. either. I don't either. But, but I do have to. Don't say- do, don't practice them in Moscow. Yeah. Okay. On the yeah on a bed it, and he, oh it's so it's not the peeing that's gross. It's like I don't need to shame people that like to get peed on. Whatever. No, no, people no, can no. Do whatever they want. No. What's fucked? What's that. fucked up We've about all it? Done that. Yeah. Come well, on, no, we it. certainly have not all done that. <laughs> um, I'm telling you. <laughs> 
You're um, young. Save some oh of your perversions God, for when so you're old. So gross. I would. I can't even imagine. <laughs> it's so fucked up. I went to Catholic school. It's like that's so horrible. But um, no. But to have them pee on the bed that the Obamas. No, slept that's on, just the sickest thing. It's but you so know what? Sick. It's the level of sadism and perversion and small-mindedness and racism and sexism and stupidity and <laughs> human degradation is just too much for my teeny-weeny brain to handle. Well, you okay? have too much other shit to I like, can't be handle concerned about. The level of human degradation. No, today. I know it's really. I I, I cannot. <laughs> I apologize to all young people today yeah. who have to grow up with this kind, this level of of degradation because there should be a time of innocence there should be a time of discovery there should be a time of you know sharing and caring and laughter and fun and it's just gone yeah you know i can't even have a manicure okay <laughs> i just want to say i have to hear about a double murder during my manicure yeah. and then you get to come to your daughter's apartment and we get and to talk about wee wee the all the way the home president elect <clears throat> pissing on and he went people. wee 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 all the way home I'm just surprised remember that he, we used to do this I do baby. of course um, I love you sweetie. I love you too he just there's seems still like, a little magic oh, left stop he just seems like the kind of person that would want to pee on the hookers though oh I'm sure he defecates on them I yeah mean, but like if there's a tiny tiny little camera <laughs> in every hotel room then <laughs> at like, least in all the Trump hotel all rooms the Trump hotel rooms okay so this is the other problem yeah. then right there's this crazy word that I'd never heard before mm-hmm. called emoluments do you know what emoluments yeah, are yeah okay i didn't know what the emolument clause was which is about it forbids presidents from accepting gifts or payments from foreign leaders of course so what they've decided well, it's called it's called bribes yeah yeah but i definitely just never heard the word emolument yeah, yeah. but he um his attorney his multiple attorneys that got together in a room and decided what they were going to do about all of his conflicts of interest have decided that he is going to donate any money that a foreign leader pays for a hotel room to the treasury. That's like what they've decided is their solution what? for this problem. Stop it. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Uh, I'm that, not sure wait, that that wait. solves the problem either. Uh, no. So in other words, <clears throat> people who stay in his hotels, <clears throat> like the dignitaries the White House? and foreign le- No, any Trump hotel. Anywhere, if like a well, foreign his leader, his business may fall apart. Yeah. So also, <laughs> so he's... nobody will stay in his hotels because now that they know, after listening to Full Tank, that his <laughs> hotel rooms have teeny weenies in them. Yeah, teeny weenies. Um, I, I don't even know. This is insane. There's but such insanity, like, right? Everything is insane now. Everything. This is the best. Thing. I get up every morning <laughs> and I think. There's been a massive terrorist attack on the planet. Global warming. Something has happened. It's now 900 degrees in New York and it's January. So true. And and everyone's brain is shriveling. There's some kind of massive change that's going on in the species. We are transforming before our eyes into aliens. Okay? Because every day I get up and think there's been an alien attack. There's been some kind of an attack and our brain cells are degenerating. <laughs> okay. Honestly, I really do because the the level of insanity every day there's no end. There's no end. Well, also you have an interesting perspective on it too because you worked for a long time and then you took like uh, you know, half a decade off, right? No, I didn't. No, no, but I mean like you weren't in you you were you were working them, but you weren't working in the same industry that like what I'm saying is you had worked in publishing. Oh, and I left you, for seven and, years. Okay, so you were out industry. for seven years and one industry, but then you came back and so you have like a point of reference about the kind of people that work running a day to day business. Right. And so but it's not <clears> like <throat> you didn't you didn't have an opportunity because you know it's like when you when in you, seven years the world changed. But my point is like when you have a friend and that friend like gained a bunch of weight, but you see that friend every day, and so you don't notice that they've gained a bunch I of weight. I always notice. Meanwhile, like <laughs> when you have a friend and you haven't seen them for six months, and you see them and they put on a bunch of weight, and it's so startling to you. My point is that you you you're the friend who hasn't seen the friend in six months because you had this interesting sort of perspective of like you must have arrived back and been like, this is well, how business works the, all of a sudden. The, like, no, well, the industry the changed. Yeah. Don't use that word. I'm your mother. Oh, stop. No, I think the industry changed. You know, it was a, a, a the publishing business has been going into the toilet for a long time and has changed a lot. And the culture changed and social media has changed everything. And 
the level of hostility, animosity, opportunism in a negative way where everybody's exploiting everybody all day long. <laughs> like you just have to go to work and know that today, every single human being that you meet will screw you. This is why you remind okay? me of General Mad Dog Mattis and his... Oh, I'm a lot like him. Aren't actually. you? Yeah. I know. I because think you kill are. or be killed kill or be killed is the new way of the world. No, I agree. Okay? You walk into a room and you just have to assume that everyone in that room <laughs> will screw you. <laughs> and kill you. And kill you. I mean, well, he you has an ama- are he has, going to die. He has an okay? amazing quote that's like, be polite and be professional, but have a plan to kill everyone you meet. I kind of agree with him. I feel like you do. I do. When I read some of those quotes, I was like, that's a bit because the ethos that's of sadly, my mother. Yeah, but that's sadly the way the world has become. And it's kill or be killed now. We're doing a book called Kill or Be Killed by a former Secret Service agent. I wish that we had the um, your little your little memoir that we found from when you were 13 years old. Oh, please. The stark difference. Oh, and your mom apparently was extremely religious as a 13-year-old girl. I was. That's the way. Oh, I was just trying. I was trying to butter up the teacher to get a good grade. Probably. It was all about how you're a proud Roman Catholic, (laughs) and that I knew my mother would read it, and that your favorite thing to do in the world was to spend time with your family and your mother. Yeah, you know what? I was innocent. I was. I was a really sweet, innocent girl. I know. And then I discovered penises. And you. (laughs) And you worked. (laughs) And they ruined my life. It's true. You. You know, I was uh, up until I had sex. Life was beautiful. Life was beautiful. Then you start having sex and all kinds of heartache entered the equation. It's just horrific. It's just like it ruins your life. Oh my God. I I should have been a nun. I want to tell the story about Russell. (laughs) So, so I, so, um, my whole life I've heard about mom's like one nice boyfriend, one nice boyfriend (laughs) named Russell. I never had a nice boyfriend. He was your boyfriend in college, right? Yeah. Yeah. And my grandmother loved him. And after my grandmother loved him and my aunts and uncles loved him and everybody loved him. And you even have always said, oh, Russell. He was great. The one that got away and he was this great guy and he was so sweet. I dumped him. And and you dumped him. So he was so good. And you lived with him. I'm sorry, Russell. You lived with him in the like El Dorado or something. Oh, yeah. Just to show you how stupid I was because I was like not into money. Here I was living on like toasted bagels and um, that you bought for 99 cents, uh, you know, for a whole meal. Anyway, yeah. I, I lived in the San Remo, which is a very posh building in New York, yeah. with Russell in this beautiful, beautiful apartment. He had wonderful, wonderful parents. And he was a wonderful, wonderful guy. Yeah. And I just didn't think he was ambitious enough. I know. Like, he didn't need to be ambitious, you idiot. <laughs> okay. He already had, he had arrived. Okay. <laughs> was, I was just a dumb. And he was an artist, right? Yeah. I was like a dumb, lower middle class, stupid girl oh, who stop. didn't know the difference. I can't deal with your like mega self-deprecation. No, that's how I'm just telling you. I was just stupid. I didn't know anything. <laughs> I mean, if, Wait, I mean, now Russell would be the perfect person. No, that's to the, be whole, with. the whole story is that he wouldn't. Because I know. Because we've I been know. hearing about him. I'm, I'm, my brother and I have been hearing about him for, I've been hearing about him for 24, at this time, at this point, 24 years. It's I'm true. 25 now, but at this point, I've been, no, 23 years. So anyway, we're walking down the street. I was working with my mother full time. I was trying to keep an appointment that I had made to try and do this book that I was really excited about doing. And we were already late for the appointment. I was already feeling horrible. And we're walking down the street. Because with Laura, you cannot be 30 seconds no. late because she comes undone. Yeah. She's come undone. She's come undone. By Wally Lamb. Um, another one of Judith's books. Uh, no, another one so, of Wally Lamb's that's books. Right. So, that um, I published. Okay. Yeah. It would be nice if you would let me finish my I'm story. I'm sorry, sweetie. I love so, you so much. So uh, we're walking down the street. I'm like two paces ahead of her trying to like set the pace for her so that she'll hurry up. And I see we're on Sixth Ave. We're on Sixth Avenue, no West Broadway. And I see a guy look at her, and I can tell immediately that he recognizes her. And I think, oh shit! I just hope he doesn't say hi because we, we can't stop and chat. We don't have the time to stop and chat. We've got to get to this meeting, and we we sort of make it past him just far enough, like a step in front of him. And I think, oh, he didn't say hi. Fabulous! Like we're gonna get out of this. And then I hear some Judith, and we turn around. And I also I know my mother so well that I can tell when she recognizes someone and when she doesn't recognize someone. So I could tell immediately that she didn't recognize him. And I thought, okay, maybe if I introduce myself, he will say his name and that will spark her memory. So I said, you know, hi, it's nice to meet you. I'm I'm Laura. And he said, oh, nice to meet you. Didn't say his name. And it took about another minute before mom asked like a personal question. And I thought, oh, bingo, she must know who it is. She said, are you still painting? And he said, yeah, I am still painting. And mom turns to me and goes, Laura, this is Russell. And my jaw fell on the floor and I gasped, 
literally, right? Yeah. And I was like, oh, Russell! Um, he must have been totally terrified because he didn't know I was your daughter. <laughs> and also, like, it would be weird, even if he knew I was your daughter, for, like, your daughter to have that kind of reaction to him. Well, the last time he had seen me, I was your age. I, it was exactly the age I was when we ran into him. That's right. Yeah. And anyway, long story short, we'd, like, looked for him on the internet and all this shit. He, like, lived four blocks away from us for, the like, time. the whole time. And then you guys exchanged emails and you went out to dinner. And the whole point is that you, like, remembered why you had broken up with him, right? <laughs> After dinner, I'm like, After okay, dinner, you're like, gotta... oh, God. I like, know. Thank God. I know. So the point is that it's all hormones and craziness and it also, is. like, the fantasy of things and that actually everything is, like, pretty the ugly same. and gross and, and the same. I know. Right? Speaking of ugly and gross and horrible, did you hear about your um, friend Rudy Giuliani? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. What is happening? Rudy Giuliani Uh-oh. is going to lead the cybersecurity team. Yeah, so he can plant those little itsy-bitsy teeny-weenies <laughs> in the hotel and have some people that I used to know yeah. plant them for him. No, so you see these, you see on my computer, there's the little camera yeah. right there. Yeah. Now that Rudy Giuliani is running cybersecurity He can in watch America, you all night long. I am going to be one of those hippy-dippy freaks, that and I'm going to put a little sticker over my, yeah. right? I, I, that's all right because he'll have cameras in your apartment oh, god he'll have them installed in your head i am um, for anyone who read anything that i wrote over the summer when i went to the conventions i could not get away from him yeah everywhere well, i now turn. following you honest to god probably <laughs> and you and you and you he will now be following everyone no but everywhere i turned there he was mm-hmm. i couldn't get a- away from him and i thought oh finally when i go to the dnc he won't be there wrong i yeah. saw him absolutely He's like a bad penny. everywhere he looks, no, you know what he's like? He's like, remember those toys, those Furby toys that I had when I was a little kid? He's like, I wrote about this because I really, this is the perfect analogy for him. He's like one of those Furby toys that you lose under your couch somewhere and you can't find it. And it's making that like Furby oh, noise. Yeah. And it's just, and you're like, I can't get rid of this thing and I'm never going to get rid of this noise. That's what Rudy Giuliani is like. He's like a Furby that you cannot find. Well, it's perfect that he's given a job that involves cybersecurity. <laughs> Because, um, you know, he will do whatever needs to be done to protect the interests of President-elect DT. That's right. He has a big, big boner for President-elect DT. Whatever. You know, (laughs) they go way back. God almighty. I recently had dinner with a former FBI agent who told me that Mr. DT uh, was the numero uno informant on mobsters in New York. And he would... uh, Really? Yeah. Well, Donald must be mobby. I feel like people that are involved in that kind of real estate development are always mobby. You think? Yeah, like you can't really probably. get anything done. Yeah, probably. Unless you're like involved with the mob if you're building high rises. Yeah. And things like that, right? Anything is tr- is possible. Well, that's you know, what I was... we, you you do realize that we will be executed for having this conversation. Yeah, I know. We're going to the death camps. Yeah, I don't care. Okay. It's fine. <laughs> as Jesus, long as they put the us wheel. in the same death camp. Yeah, that's right. Cuz we can't be like one mile I'm away already from each on other the enemies list at any time yeah I know but like as, okay. as I've said to you before they have much bigger fish to fry um yeah everybody's pissed off about this Michael Jackson character in I, this I don't know show who is uh, who is he I don't know anything about this uh I guess it's some Brit for the BBC or something like that it's called urban myths it's about the um it's about the story about how Michael Jackson and Elizabeth Taylor had to drive across the country back to LA after 9-11 I didn't know that yeah that's the story I think and there was all sorts of like outrage when um it was announced that this white actor was going to play him like about a year ago Mm -hmm. and then there was uh even more wild outrage today when the trailer was released because um he looks crazy he doesn't look like Michael Jackson he looks like Willy Wonka you see this photo yeah maybe it's a parody no it's not a parody no no it's supposed to be serious is he a good actor or is this like know. some I don't low know rent what else thing? he's in I mean is he related his name is um Joseph Fines. yeah that's he... a name isn't that a name well what's his name Fines is a very Ralph, fun... Ra- Ralph Ra- Fiennes. Ray Fines. Ralph yeah. Fines. yeah um anyway his daughter got all like it's a British comedy series yeah, no. but uh, urban myths. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's a comedy series called Urban Myths. Oh, it was an urban myth. 
maybe. And uh, it's a it's a comedy series. It's a British comedy series. So the trailer didn't make it. I watched the trailer, and it's, it's not funny. It's not funny. Oh well, I, maybe um, it was an urban myth that they had to drive across sure, the country. Maybe it's an urban myth, but that's not the point. The point is that like everyone's pissed off that a white actor is who playing. cares. Who cares? Michael Jackson was white, wasn't he? I don't know. I mean, well, he I don't think took so. all those drugs to become white. Yeah, but I think that that's like up for debate. I think that's the whole point. I don't think his family like supports that theory. Oh. You know, I I love Michael Jackson and I love I I love his music so much. Um and that's like his the whole insanity of his life. And all of the all of the scandals. I don't know what's true and what isn't true. I never did. You know, I met him a couple of times and uh, talked to him. Had meetings with him over the years about doing various kinds of books. And he always seemed to me to be incredibly tragic, mm-hmm. incredibly tragic, and lonely and and bizarre. You know, and kind of disturbed. Yeah. But he was a musical genius. He was the hardest working person you know and a perfectionist and created some of the most astonishing music popular music in history you know he really was amazing he his music his dance his showmanship yeah you were pretty upset when he died yeah because he was amazing and also you know when he was accused of molesting that boy um yeah and what i don't don't know i guess there were a couple of trials Mm -hmm. i can't remember now but one of them um settled with him for 20 million dollars and the day after the settlement and they of course signed a confidentiality agreement and non-disparagement which is standard in those deals and the day after i got a call from the boy's uncle wanting to sell the real story to me and i said but didn't he sign a you know Mm non-disparagement confidentiality agreement well that's him it's not me and you know I can sell the story and I want $5 million. It was so sleazing. And then years later, well, it turned out like the father, you know, had kind of put him up to it. And then years later, the boy came out and basically said it didn't really happen. Really? Yeah. I don't remember that. Yeah, the boy came out and said, well, it's not really exactly. And then my father made me do it or whatever. There was, it was, it was, there was some kind of, you know, backpedaling there but there was some like he had some disturbing obsession with children children and childhood and well he never had a childhood right no i i understand so. where it came from but it doesn't make it yeah. any less now look if he was molesting children obviously disturbing. that's terrible I, d- yeah. I don't know if anyone actually ever proved that he had no, no. molested children. I'm, yeah i'm with you and i do think that when you have a high profile you become an opportunity for everyone around you yes to exploit you to sue you to look for an opportunity to take advantage of you in some way and i think you know all of us love to look at the the rich and the famous and the celebrated and and think oh well they have everything and screw them and and it's just wrong you know mm. they very often leave live lives of isolation and having no real friends and not having people that they can trust and you know we all need that you mm. know let's not forget everybody needs that everybody at the end of the day needs to be loved and needs to feel that there's someone that they can trust and and that's really what every human being needs whether they're rich or poor or sick or mentally ill or not or young or old or fat like me that's why i feel bad for tiffany trump tiffany has marla and marla's a good woman yeah she loves her that's she's a good mother yeah you know well that's what i always say when people talk about how like Oh well, his kids turned out so well. So like, there's they had be... good mothers. Yeah, I'm always like, what are you talking? They had good I know, mothers. I know the fact that he gets credit is just he gets, astonishing. But he gets credit from like everybody for his children. Well, his children certainly are good looking and know how to behave, mm-hmm. and have manners and are appropriate on television. Yeah, but they've also never had like. When you grow up with that much money and like sort of socialite in New York, it's pretty easy to get into trouble. And they've never had any like that scandal. That you know of. Yeah, but also I grew up around the same time as Tiffany and I have siblings. Tiffany lived in L.A. And I have siblings that, yeah, but so what? I know plenty of people that went to high school in L.A. I know I'm very, I'm connected there as well. She had and scandals. I, and I have brothers who grew up around Ivanka 
and around the boys and there was never any talk of any sort of like well na- nastiness from I'm them. I'm not surprised because their mother was a s- probably strict disciplinarian yeah. and no nonsense Eastern European woman. Yeah, which is cool. You know, who said none of this is mm-hmm. allowed. I feel bad for Melania. Don't feel bad for Melania. She I, has a good deal. I, but I don't think she signed up for all this. Oh, I think she signed up for all of it. That's exactly really? what she signed you up for. You think she wanted to be the first lady? Uh, yeah. No, I'm there's sure. no way. Look, that- Melania was uh, living in, you know, some communist country somewhere, and she's mm-hmm. probably a spy. <laughs> she probably set the whole thing up. <laughs> you think? <laughs> Do not feel bad for Melania. I mean, I think her, like, American dream success story is pretty amazing, and I think her come up is pretty amazing, but I don't think that, like, as a D-list model... She's not the first lady. Ivanka Trump is the first lady. No, Melania is the first lady. Nah. Ivanka Trump is going to move into the White House and be and do all the first lady duties, and Melania is going to stay in New York and keep her 10-year-old <laughs> son or however old he is away from all this There insanity. was a great meme that I saw uh, today that was a photo of um, Ivanka, and it said, you know, you know the beginning of every housewife episode where yeah. all the women have their catchphrases? It was an Ivanka thing, and it said, like, housewife twirl that her slogan would be the only thing that my father wants to fuck more than this country is me <laughs> oh god which is pretty good because they do have a sick relationship talk it's about it's not right it's, it's not, not right it's not right it's so disturbing to hear a father speak about his no, daughter in that way it's just not right it's like my father would never 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 no ever. i mean it's just appalling no, to like so inappropriate ugh. but but, but he know, doesn't do it with his other daughter he's no well, it's so fucked up. It's bad. Don't say that. Okay. If you're it's allowed bad. to scream and break my equipment, I'm, I'm allowed to, to speak gently. I'm allowed to curse on my own show. <laughs> How does that sound? <laughs> does that sound good? Okay. 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 Um, I think that's all that's for it? today. That's it. Yeah. Am I dismissed? I think you are dismissed. Thank you so much. If baby wants a ride on, you think she'd give a little?